change your perception of what you're looking at and everything changes. Hey, my name is Georgio Jenis and this is the How To Do Life podcast. If you've ever felt that no matter what you try, something is missing, then you're in the right place. My aim with this podcast is to begin filling in those blanks for you. So open your mind and get ready, because I'm about to show you an entirely different way to look at your life. And once you've seen it, you can't unsee it. So let's get started. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to today's episode. And um, today I wanted to talk about the notion of self-love and what self-love means to people. Um, This is something I see a lot of people wrestle with and have questions about in my work as a mindset coach. And what's interesting to me is it's quite a popular concept in the self-help, self-development world um, of this notion of loving on yourself or giving yourself some some kind of self-love. And so I thought it would be a valuable topic to discuss and try and perhaps refine our understanding of what self-love is and what self-love means Um, because there's a lot of different variations of everyone's interpretation of what self-love is you know for some people self-love sounds like going and getting a massage once a week or a facial or um, trekking out to the to the hills or the mountains on the weekend and going away to some retreat and for other people self-love is sitting down with a tub of ice cream binging on netflix Um, and so based on what I've seen with the people that I've worked with and my personal experience, self-love is quite a powerful and valuable practice. Now, the practice isn't necessarily something that you are actively doing from a routine basis or from the standpoint of Um, physical activities like getting facials or going for walks and so on. Self-love can be something that is something personal, almost like a conversation you have with yourself or in a dialogue. What's interesting is looking online, the various articles, the various social media content that gets promoted around, um, you know, there's a lot of content specific to finding your happy place, looking for the things that make you feel positive and feel um, that make you feel good about life on a daily basis, whether it's a a ritual kind of practice that you've got or whether it's a, a morning routine or an evening routine. There's a lot of concepts out there that are around this whole notion of these self love rituals and the more you explore the topic, on, especially online, the more you find varying ideas around what this means. In fact, there's a lot of positive thinking, psychology, and um, like this collective thought process around what positive thinking is. And that tends to kind of influence the dialogue and influence the content out there around self-love. So I thought I would address this with some of the notion of balance that I introduce um, to my clients and to the people I work with um, to help them get a different perspective on self-love. I hear people saying to me, 
that they they say things like I love myself enough to to want to change or I love myself enough to improve myself or like develop myself like I want to fix the parts of me that are broken I love myself to work on my weaknesses and the challenge with this kind of thinking as far as I'm concerned is that it actually creates a problem in the mind if you're thinking and believing on some level that you need to improve, you need to change, or you need to fix the parts of you that are weak or inferior or vulnerable in some way, then you're essentially trying to push away half of who you are. Because as individuals, as whole and complete individuals, we have both weaknesses and strengths. We have positive and negative aspects of who we are. And the sum of these parts, of these very, all these parts that kind of fill out these two sides of the equation or the two sides of the balancing scales of who we truly are, the sum of that is what makes you who you are. So if you look at these components of your life of, and of yourself that you feel are negative or bad or weak, or you're judging in some way and you're looking at those things like I want to fix them and I want to improve them and I want to make them quote-unquote better, then you're never really truly ever going to experience self-love, love and appreciation for who you are because you're stuck in a judgment that there is half of who I am that needs to change and this can set you up for a dichotomy essentially like this little paradox that you can't break out of like a never-ending escalator or staircase it's like every time i take a step it feels like the staircase moves under my feet and moves back a bit and so it's just like kind of like those step machines at the gym those staircase machines at the gym where you're just like walking and walking and walking but you're never actually really climbing anywhere so doing that for a lifetime for a long time for many years as some people do um can actually become disheartening because you you think to yourself, well, I've been doing this for a really long time. Why is it that I still can't appreciate these faults or these vulnerabilities or these kinks in the chain of who I am? I've been practicing all these self-help rituals. I've been doing all the teachings that are out there. I've been reading all the <clears throat> self-help books and following the experts and this podcast and this podcast and that podcast and now Giorgio's podcast and YouTube and all these different courses and yet I still don't like these parts of who I am and I'm trying to get away from them. I'm trying to avoid them and push them away. So what I want that is one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to address um, this particular topic today because without addressing that underlying important topic um, no self-help practice or no self-help routine or ritual is going to be effective because it is undermined by your self-judgment so to me the way i the way i define self-love um, and it's not necessarily language that i use I don't usually say to people, 
you know, we've got to work on your self-love. Um, but if I am going to use language around self-love, which is common language that's out there, the way I define it is your ability to appreciate and experience gratitude for all of who you are, warts and all. It's kind of like getting married to yourself in a non-egotistical way, right? Part of the, the, the typical wedding vows is marrying for better or for worse. That is you being able to appreciate and experience a sense of, we'll call it unconditional love, for who you are, for all parts of who you are, the sum of the parts, as opposed to just focusing on, well, I like the positive aspects of who I am. I like the strong parts of who I am. I don't necessarily like all these other bits, all these ugly bits. True self-love is your ability to appreciate all parts of who you are, the complete you. So that's how I define self-love. Now, what can trip people over is staring at their reflection in the world, which is an interesting experience that people wrestle with. So what you will find is the things you don't like in other people, the things that bother you, the behaviors, the characteristics or the qualities that you see in other people that push your buttons are the same things that you're judging about yourself. It's the same thing that's bothering you about you. If you don't like it in them, rest assured, you don't like you having the same qualities within yourself. So by coming to appreciate all of who you are, your judgment of others starts to calm down. You start to accept and appreciate more of the people around you. And, you know, the first people that push our buttons the most and piss us off the most are family members. It's kind of like that's just in the job description. You're a family member. Well, you're just in the role of pissing other family members off. Like we're all here to just push each other's buttons. But in reality, what's happening is we as individuals are facing our reflection, especially in family members. So your ability to appreciate and accept these qualities in other people means that you're able to accept and appreciate these qualities within yourself and vice versa. So you're, you know, there's this saying out there, treat others as you would treat yourself. Your ability to do so is because of you staring at your reflection and willingly appreciating and experiencing gratitude for who you're looking at and seeing all of who they are, the good and the bad, seeing that all of these parts of who each and every one of us are has a value. They all contribute, otherwise they wouldn't exist. Nothing, was, nothing exists without a purpose. It serves a purpose. Otherwise it becomes redundant. Just like in business, in commercial business, if there are roles that no longer serve a purpose within a business, those roles are made redundant. All those people are moved into another role in the business that actually serves a purpose. This is an underlying principle that kind of I've seen exist throughout nature. 
So if it exists in nature, and let's say we are a part of nature or life or the universe, whatever language you want to use, the reality is that we have parts of ourselves that we don't like, but just because we don't like them doesn't necessarily mean that they don't serve a purpose. So our ability to appreciate the value and the purpose of these various parts that we judge increases our ability to love ourselves unconditionally and not in a weird, affectionate, kind of hugging yourself in front of the mirror kind of vibe, but a genuine sense of appreciation. And something that is profound as a truth and sounds a little woo-woo, it's also something that's used quite a lot as a statement, is that you can never truly love another person until you love yourself first. What most people don't realize is what that means. And so tying that back to this notion of reflection, if you're able to love all parts of who you are, warts and all, the good and the bad, being able to appreciate those parts of yourself makes it significantly easier for you to love and appreciate other people around you. Now, something that's used as an exercise or a practice in self-love is this notion of treating yourself. And I think this is where things start to get a little bit confusing for people. What's the difference between treating yourself and practicing self-love or a routine of self-love? Um, there's actually a significant difference because treating yourself typically means how can I ail some kind of pain or challenge that I'm experiencing? How can I alleviate the pain that I'm experiencing? And I will alleviate that <clears throat> with a tub of ice cream, Ben and Jerry's, line them up, or your favorite fatty or um, salty food, some kind of sweet. Maybe it's buying clothes. I've got clients who love buying clothes and doing all kinds of, all kinds of shopping, spending money online and just buying stuff for the sake of buying it to try and fill this void of pain or a lack of fulfillment. It's almost an attempt to like spoil yourself, right? But the spoiling is an intention to, um, Again, like alleviate this pain, alleviate this challenge or this simmering boredom that you you might be feeling, which can be painful, right? Boredom for a lot of people feels like it's quite painful, which is why we're surrounded by so many touchscreens to cure our boredom. So <clears throat> this notion of treating ourselves, even if it's like going to a day spa, getting a massage, getting a facial, um, going on a bit of a shopping spree in a mall or, or a shopping center or going away on a retreat, these are temporary solutions to chronic long-term problems. Now, we're not talking about um, life-threatening kind of situations. We're not talking about a deep, 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 like burning depression that just feels overwhelming and scary. And we're just talking about this notion of there being like a void in our lives, a lack of fulfillment, this experience of inspiration just kind of missing from our lives. 
And so we try to ail those pains with treating or spoiling ourselves. Even indulging in a luxury item, like a pair of Chanel sneakers, which a client has uh, mentioned to me recently. So what I think is more valuable from an experience is, um, and and I challenge my clients to do this, it's what I call experiencing gratitude or finding blessings in the trenches. Finding blessings in the trenches of life means staring down the things that you feel challenged by. If it's a lack of fulfillment, staring that in the face. Saying, where is this lack of fulfillment coming from? What am I missing here? Or where is, like, what's the frustration I'm feeling? Am I feeling lonely at the moment? I'm living by myself. I can't sleep. It's 1 a.m. and I'm feeling kind of lonely and I want to spoil myself. So I'm going to jump online and I'm going to spend a whole bunch of money on clothes and have all these packages delivered to me. Um, Or it might be reaching for the freezer and grabbing whatever happens to be in the freezer that's loaded up with sugar that makes me feel a bit better. There's all these different versions of trying to ail this pain, but instead of doing that, the next time that you actually feel like you're tempted to dig into whatever it is that's self-love, which is just an attempt to swing out of the negative and all the way into the positive, is ask yourself, like, what about this pain? What, what am I feeling challenged by? And in what way can I experience or extract value from what I perceive as pain? So a question you can ask yourself is, how is this particular pain or this particular challenge in my life helping me? What's it helping me realize? How am I actually benefiting or what is the upside to what I'm experiencing? How might this be enriching my life? And if you ask this question and sit with it, and you might have to ask it a few times and kind of dig through your mind, through your awareness of how that particular challenge might actually be assisting you on your journey, then you stop trying to run from the pain unconsciously through vices of self-love, of spoiling yourself, and you start appreciating that maybe these challenges, maybe these simmering frustrations or these, this simmering unfulfillment in your life is actually trying to help you. It's kind of like a feedback mechanism. It's the check engine light saying, hey, something's up here. And what we typically do is try and cover up the check engine light and say, well, if I can't see you, you're not real. You're not happening right now. So what I'm saying is instead of the temptation to cover it up with Ben and Jerry's or Chanel sneakers or a spa treatment, ask yourself, what might this actually be trying, what might this actually be trying to point to? What's this trying to show me? Because the check engine light isn't coming on just because it's bored and it feels this particular little warning light is feeling purposeless and worthless. And it's like, you know what I'm going to turn on just to kind of make myself feel worthy. It's turning on for a reason. That's its purpose, to kind of wake you up, indicate, hey, something's going on here. Let's probe. Let's find out what's going on under the hood, metaphorically. 
So by digging into the things that you perceive are challenging you, you might actually find that your challenges are trying to help you break out of your current pattern of thinking and wake you up to the things that you might be unconscious of in your own life. Maybe help you break through or break the mold of some of the beliefs that are holding you back from pursuing what inspires you. And then by having this perception and this new perspective of your challenges actually being a gift and you see those things as a gift, instead of feeling like life is happening to you, you'll start to believe that life is happening for you. As Jim Carrey once said. Now, that to me is kind of like our lives around us, our experiences, the universe, God, whatever language you use to describe something bigger than us. That feels like it's an act of love, like it's trying to help us. To me, that's ultimately the self-love. It's like asking ourselves, hey, what's up? What's wrong? What's going on here? To me, that's more an act of self-love than going to a day spa, than buying on a shopping spree, than inhaling all kinds of sugary treats. And by inhaling, I mean not chewing. I don't mean literally inhaling, in case there's someone out there who's doing that. <laughs> so this, I think, is actually a truly valuable experience. And the reason I say that, and I say it with certainty, is because it's been true for my personal life, but it's also been true for the lives of all the clients I've served over the years. So the more you stand in your ability to ask yourself, what's this about? What's up? Then you'll start to extract value from what you feel is challenging. And then self-love, the actual self-love routine or the self-love ritual that you have is staring your challenges in the face. Now that as a self-love ritual or a self-love routine blows all the other stuff out of the water as far as I'm concerned. Because that's you empowering yourself as opposed to leveraging all these different exercises to numb the pain. Now, as an exercise, something that may actually help you dig further into what you perceive as the challenge or what you perceive as the pain is journaling. Now, it's not necessarily for everybody. Not everybody feels like journaling is their thing. Um, however, journaling with yourself whether it's on a computer or handwritten, a lot of people prefer handwriting because it feels a little more personal and less, there's less ability for you to edit. The point of valuable journaling is to express unedited thought because we have this tendency to try and filter everything we're saying as we're expressing it, especially with um, technology. It's so easy to, to edit everything that's coming out from a text standpoint. So by handwriting it, it's harder to edit your thoughts as they're coming out because you're being a little bit more authentic and less filtered. But journaling with yourself is if you're having this dialogue or this conversation with yourself and just not judging it as it comes out, that can help you start to probe a little more deeply into what might be bothering you. 
And in your journaling, you can ask yourself, why does that bother me? And then answer that question. And then ask yourself, why does that bother me? And then answer that question. It's described as the five whys. If you're asking yourself why, 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 like a five-year-old, you might actually get closer to the bottom of what the underlying issue is. And then from there, you've got something you can work with. Then there's something you can start to change and start to shift your perspective around. Maybe you can get some professional help working with a mindset coach like myself or any other professional you have around you that is a resource. Someone to guide you through your thought process to start to break through where you were feeling stuck in your life. And it's typically a mindset block or a belief. So I want to leave you with that exercise, something for you to do. And as a small caveat, some people feel a little bit too much pressure around journaling. Journaling doesn't have to be a daily exercise as some of the um, uh, journal salespeople will tell you. Um, journal as it feels necessary. Daily can actually feel a little bit too much. You kind of feel like you're forcing thought. If something's bothering you, just sit down and write. It doesn't have to be at a particular time of day. It doesn't have to be like this deep introspective expression every night. It can just be a simple dialogue with yourself, digging into what your thoughts are. And if you've got nothing there, don't journal. Keep it simple. So with that in mind, I hope this was helpful. I wanted to give you a new understanding of self-love, maybe a different perspective of self-love. My perspective that I've seen help a lot of clients and it's been a game changer for my mindset and the way I live my life personally and professionally. And um, I'd love to hear back from you. You can reach out either on Instagram at GeorgioGenius or jump onto my website, georgiogenius.com, and that'll take you straight to our website. In the meantime, I hope you loved this episode. Feel free to share it and make sure you subscribe, and I'll see you in the next one.